Hey guys, welcome back to another installment of the Shoot Around. This is Nick Harvell with Mr. Chan. How are we doing today? And we got a new guest. You know, we've heard him on here once before, but now he's going to be back, hopefully for the foreseeable future. It's Adam Fairman. What's up, guys? All right, so basically, NBA started last week. In the first week of standings, we're just going to see breakdown uh, Celtics and other teams around the league, talk about some rumors going around, and just give our first take on what we've seen so far. So let's start with our home team, Celtics. And boy, oh boy, it's been an emotional week. Just a lot of up and downs, but a lot of downs. You know, Gordon Hayward, what can I say? Um, it's watching with all my friends, and I'd have to say the entire house was silent for the next half an hour. And uh, my girlfriend actually came in and was like, are you guys okay? <laughs> and we're all just like, no. Because <laughs> uh, it's not okay. Um you know, I, I don't. It's not okay. It was a freak injury, but I think you know at the end of the day, people need to call out Jay Crowder for what I. I honestly think that was a dirty move by him. Maybe he was didn't intend for the result to be what it is, but that was a dirty move by him. He threw out his hip when Gordon Hayward was in the air, and then you know he undercut him and then hooked his arm. So, you know, I'm very angry about that and. Uh, I hereby place my curse among the uh, on the Cleveland Cavaliers that um, they're not going to make it back to the NBA Finals this year. Wow. Bold prediction from Mr. Chan. Adam, where were you at the time of the injury? Well, I was uh, sitting right next to you, actually. That's right. And uh, <laughs> I honestly got sick to my stomach, but the way I look at it is that we weren't really going to win a championship this year anyways. And the, the thing that I'm most worried about is now Kyrie is going to feel this immense pressure that he might not be ready to deal with yet, and he kind of unleashed that on a fan the other night, and he seems to be forcing up shots. But in the long-term outlook of things, we aren't going to win anything this year. No one's going to beat the Warriors. Um, it just sucks for the development of the team and the chemistry, which is obviously going to hurt us now, but we're, we're a long-run type team. Danny built this team for a championship in two to three years, it just sucks that we're missing a year Hayward, and honestly, when he's in, when he's in his prime, in this year 28, 29, however old he is uh, that season. Yeah, for sure. You know, you never want to see a player go down with this type of injury. But, uh, you know, one positive we can take away from this, if there's any positive, real positive to it, is it's just going to give the young guys a little more time out in the court. Jalen Brown has impressed me tremendously so far this year. And it's also going to give Jason Tatum more time to develop, you know. If uh, – if Hayward were healthy, Tatum would be coming off the bench. He would not be seeing anywhere near the minutes he's receiving now. So I think that's going to be good for his development. I actually think that, you know, before the season had started, um, that our best closing lineup would be with Tatum at the four. Um, I think that so far Tatum has maybe exceeded some expectations, but I, I, mean, I like what he brings to the table. Um, I think that he just needs to play with confidence and um, – you know, with him and Jalen on the floor, we have some very versatile and uh, switchable wings. Uh, love what Jalen has brought this year. Uh, I think his shooting has improved. He looks a lot more explosive, a lot more aggressive. And, uh, you know, he did remember in the first few games, he scored what he scored. How did he score? Like 25 in the first game? 25 yeah. in the first game. And then 18 in the second? Mm -hmm. While guarding, basically, two of the best players in the league. Yep. Exactly. And they're guarding him, and he's still putting up those numbers, you know? 
What about you, Adam? What I like is I like the combination of Tatum and Brown just because with Brown you have more of the driving and finishing type player, the, the slasher. And with Tatum, you hopefully have the uh, spot-up shooter. And I've just been impressed with his rebounding, too, especially, and his defense. He came, and everyone said he was just an offense player, kind of like a Carmelo Anthony type, but he seems to uh, be putting in the effort on the defensive end and in rebounding, and it's helped us tremendously. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, good stuff. Also uh, want to add, too, shout-out to Aaron Baines because – He's brought an element that I haven't seen in the Celtics for a few years. Um, I loved how on open night, Jay Crowder tried to spin and just bounced off him. And then um, the other night against Philly, he provided some really much-needed minutes. I thought the big turning point of when I realized, oh my goodness, I think we'll seize the momentum in the fourth, was when he had that uh, putback off the miss to end the third quarter. Yeah, I was just about to talk about Aaron Baines. I've been extremely impressed with the way he's played. Um, you know, his toughness is something that we haven't seen since, you know, the Paul Pierce KG era. We haven't had a real big guy who can take hits and isn't afraid to get dunked on, really, because he got postered oh, by Giannis got, the other night. He got, but uh, that's, yeah. a, that's a kind of guy a, player, uh, a team needs, you know. I said before in a previous episode that he's a guy when in the right system. I think he can be a very very significant role player on a championship team. I mean, Detroit obviously was not for him. His numbers were very poor there. And that's why a lot of people were like, why didn't we sign Deadman when we signed Aaron Baines? I'm having less and less regret about that, you know? I feel like we made the right decision. I feel like he's going to be with us. Even though it's a one-year contract, I think he's going to be with us for many years to come. Yeah, I also think his game will age well. He's got a good mid-range jumper. He can shoot the free throw. I think we had talked about it in the previous episode. He's your Brad Stevens center. Tough-minded, rebounder, rim protector, and can shoot from the uh, mid-range. Yep, and he's also a great screensetter, and that's an underrated value. And I wish there was some kind of stat to track screens. <laughs> he and Horford are great. Well, and Marcus Smart would be the MVP open. of the league if they tracked those uh, un- unstat-worthy plays. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so... Speaking so, of Marcus Smart, though, I want to bring up one thing that oh. I noticed. While watching the games, I feel like Marcus Smart kind of tries kind of tries to prove that he's the alpha on the team. I see him taking a bunch of isolation shots. As the biggest Marcus Smart fan yeah, probably, in, probably in the country, he just shouldn't be taking those shots. I feel like Kyrie's uh, usage has just been kind of poor so far. He's one of the best scorers in the league. I don't know why we aren't feeding him the ball. But that's something I noticed and I'm kind of worried about for the team is that Marcus is kind of trying to prove that he's the top dog. I mean, I, I I get where you're coming from, and I think that uh, I got frustrated with that the yeah. first two games, too. I felt like the ball was way too sticky in his hands. Um, I thought that he did a good job the first two games when he went to, like, bulldog mode and started posting everyone up. Mm-hmm. Um, he was bullying Corver a lot. Oh, actually. yeah. He was eating him alive. And, you know, I don't think he's still the best outside shooter in the world, but I also think that that's actually a byproduct of they haven't had – full practices without Gordon Hayward. Think about this. The whole system this year was built around having two playmakers in, in Kyrie and Hayward and then a secondary playmaker in Horford. Yep. So once you take that away, I think that, you know, the coaching staff, you think about it, they played back-to-back nights, probably took Thursday off or had a light walkthrough, and then they had to play Friday night. So, you know, I think the coaching staff will adjust. I think the chemistry will build. Um I, and I, personally, I like what we found in, in Philly 
which was playing more of the two-man game with the Kyrie Horford uh, action going. Yeah. All right. Uh, so now, do you guys want any final thoughts about the Celtics? I mean, I'm not worried about our record at all right now. We're a top-four team in the East at worst. I think we're too good. Kyrie Irving's too good of a player. Brad Stevens too good of a coach. I think we're we're not in the second tier of the East. That'd be kind of absurd statement. And honestly, we we've seen so many injuries so far. Something can happen to Demar Derozan, to Bradley Beal, John Wall, something like that, and could change the whole course of the East. To Dwayne Wade, to Derrick Rose, yeah. all those guys. You know, uh, I I actually wanted to talk about one more thing uh, that I just remembered. Uh, Kyrie Irving is just not shooting the basketball well. I feel like part of that is because the ball's been stagnant now that Hayward isn't there to help out run the offense. But through three games, he's shooting 37% from the field. I mean, that's just got to improve if we want to yeah, I think it will. be a top-four team. Um, I think that'll improve. You know, Like I just said, I think that they haven't had many practices without him. And you know, in a system where you know, Kyrie's so used to having you know, iso ball, in, in Cleveland, where there were no, there was no structure, I think that'll improve. You know, he'll he'll learn because look at what it did. You know, it didn't become the explosive star that he did last year overnight. It took him a year, year and a half to get into Brad's system, and then he became the king of the fourth. Do you think Jalen is now going to just replace Gordon Brad's offense, or do you think Brad's just going to have to rework everything and just try to? I think he'll rework everything. I think you know. From what I've seen so far, uh, playing the two-man game with um, Irving and uh, and Horford, and then when they're resting, having Brown, Tatum, and Rozier kind of carry the offense as much as possible. Um, you know, I think we have more depth than people give us credit for. Yeah, Marcus Morris is still. We haven't seen him play yet, so no, he's going to be another big body that's going to be tough. I mean, he's got a knee problem, so I'm kind of worried about you know whether. Or how limited or how much he would be able to play. I think they're saying he's targeting next Monday as return. So the 30th against San Antonio. Oh, so. oh that, that's a tough game to come back to. <laughs> hey, you know, it's going to test a lot about him. All right, so now we're going to talk about the biggest overreactions, the biggest uh, out-of-nowhere claims, ridiculous claims that people are having so far. And one that I just want to talk about real quick is that Markel Fultz is a bust. I do not believe... Right now, that Markel Fultz is a bust. You guys have to understand he's going through an injury in his shoulder. And, you know, he's coming off the bench currently. You know, Ben Simmons is really running the offense right now. But, I mean, his free throw is gross. But I, I <laughs> if you guys haven't seen that, I'd recommend checking it out. But uh, I don't think he's a bust yet. What do you guys think? Um, actually, if you're a fan of basketball, don't check that free throw form out because it will hurt your eyes. <laughs> but, um. I've actually never seen an elite prospect sabotage himself as much as Fultz has in the past month. I mean, changing up his free, th- free throw form, I get it. You know, he has a shoulder problem, but, you know, it, it makes me wonder, did Brad and did Danny see that he was more banged up than before? Did, you know, did after the one-on-one conversation and the visit, did they notice something that was wrong? Um, but right now, I think... Danny looks like a genius for uh, for picking Jason Tatum, and I think, you know, obviously with Tatum having one of the owner's kids as a Duke student and getting the background info on Jason definitely helped us. I feel like the Sixers are just absolutely out of their mind if they're playing this kid 
if he has a serious shoulder injury because it, it does no one any good. Sure, the fans could be upset, but as Danny Ainge showed, he doesn't care about the fans. The fans wanted the number one pick. He traded the number one pick, but it just doesn't make any sense to me if his shoulder is seriously, seriously hurt. doesn't make any sense why you're playing him at the rate that they are. And I feel like I think it's just been so bad for so long, and I think the fans are just finally starting to think that this could be the year. Well, if that's, and I just think ownership's just too afraid to continue resting. Well, that's bad ownership. If it's more about the long term success, like us, Philly wasn't winning anything this year. They were they were a seven seed, six seed if they're lucky. But it, it's about this kid's long term future. He was the number one pick for a reason. There's no reason to mess him up for well, their long term future. Well, I think there's also it speaks volumes about the quality of their franchise. That's why they're the Sixers and we're the Celtics. Right. Yeah. Right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I I just think you know I hope I, I wish the kid. To, I think it takes a few years for uh, it might take a few years for Fultz to come into his own. You don't know. Like think about it, John Wall. Um, I think it took until what his fourth year in the league for him to. Really, He's never really elite for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. For, like, I think it was his fourth year when he became elite, and um, I think the biggest concern is that Fultz has not attempted one single three. And every shot he's been taking has been inside the paint. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely some red flags there. But, you know, hopefully he'll be able – I mean, not hopefully because I hate the Sixers. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'll be able to figure it out. Uh, so now our new segment we're going to do is called Twitter Fingers. So basically we're going to be checking Twitter for all the latest rumors and word around the NBA and stuff. So uh, today recently it just came out that Eric Bledsoe requested a trade before the season started in Phoenix. Three games go by. They get blown out three times. Eric Bledsoe randomly tweets, quote, I don't want to be here. A few hours later, head coach Earl Watson gets fired. And now all sources on Twitter are saying that the Phoenix Suns are currently shopping Eric Bledsoe right now. Uh, one of the hottest, uh, biggest rumors, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> one of the biggest rumors is that uh, he's going to be shipped to Denver for Moutier and other pieces. So... I mean, what are you guys' thoughts? Is Bledsoe going to stay in Phoenix for more than 24 hours? It's looking like he's going to be dealt any minute. I mean, I think he's going to be gone. I mean, aside from um, firing Watson, uh, I don't know if you guys remember Mehmet Okur. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, he was one of the player development guys. They are, they're cleaning house. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to fire the GM, too. But, I mean, obviously things are not working out there. I mean, getting blown out by Lord knows how many points by the Blazers and then getting embarrassed by Lonzo Ball the next night. I mean, that's that's inexcusable. I think, you know, I also think, though, that with Bledsoe, somewhere along the line, injuries aside, um, player development guys didn't develop him as well as they could have because he had all the world's tools to become a superstar. And I think... You know, unfortunately, at 27, he just might be what he is. I feel like the Suns, everyone's going to be underwhelmed by what the Suns get, but they have absolutely zero leverage in the situation because he stated he wants out, and he's not going to play for the franchise, and they don't want him. Uh, The Suns GM, Ryan McDonough, said that Bledsoe claimed he was at a hair salon, and McDonough doesn't believe that to be true, and he won't be with us going forward. So that's... If you're another franchise, you look at that and you say, well, we don't have to give up a ton to get him because he doesn't want to be there and they don't, they don't want him there. So 
might as well lowball him with some offer and see if they see if they bite. So I feel like wherever he goes, um, the the league will be underwhelmed with the return for uh, a caliber player like Bledsoe. Yeah, and another thing, uh, another uh, huge problem with Bledsoe and Phoenix is he just doesn't fit their timetable. You know, all their guys are young. Devin Booker's like twenty one. Josh Jackson's like twenty. They got a young group of guys that are building for the future for six, seven years down the road. Yeah. And by the time that time hits around, you know, Bledsoe's going to be mid-30s, way past his prime. He's going to definitely, his athleticism is going to be shot. So I think it's smart that they move him now. See if they can just get anything for him, really. I mean, his value is just so diminished right now. Yeah. All right. Either of you guys got bold predictions after the first week of basketball? Bold predictions. Bold predictions for anything around the league. I think Giannis wins MVP. Seeing him go up against LeBron, seeing him go up against Jalen Brown, who arguably is an elite defender in our league, and watching that game, he literally could just get anything he wanted. There's some, there's an absurd stat that says Giannis has scored 105 of his 119 points in the paint. That is, like, God-level numbers, and he's only 22. So he scored 115 points through three games, and if he develops a three-point shot, everyone's we're screwed. We're I think. Screwed. I think honestly, I mean, next summer, uh, his only job is to lock himself in the gym and shoot like a thousand threes mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll get there. Um, you know, and if he does get that three-point shot, he might just be the best ever because we haven't seen anybody with that type of combination of skill. Athleticism, vision, and, you know, to be able to pick up basketball and learn so quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like LeBron physique and, like, a KD-type body. Yeah. And if he gets a jump shot, it's just game over. Yep. My my bold prediction is that the Nets pick turns out to be outside of the top five, and the Lakers pick turns out to be within the two to five range where the Celtics will get it. And hopefully – Whoever has the first pick screws up so we could get Luka Doncic. I'm a huge Doncic fan, too. My bold prediction for this year is that Jalen Brown wins most improved player. He's going to be getting a ton of minutes now with Hayward out. and He's shown flashes of greatness for the first three games of the season. How about Jason being rookie of the year? I mean, I think statistically he should be, but I think the media hype will give it to Lonzo, even though he's not going to win anything. See, I disagree with both of those. I think I think Rookie of the Year is going to go to Dennis Smith. I think Dennis Smith is going to get a lot of minutes in Dallas, and I think he's just going to have the ball in his hands all the time. I think I, his numbers are just going to be through the roof this year. I think if Ben Simmons is averaging 15, 10, and 6, I don't think there's any way it goes to anyone else. I just – that's the way I see it. Well, it's to be seen. I mean, the tough part about Simmons is that he, you know, like all the other Sixer superstars, are a bit injury prone. Right. And, you know, it remains to be seen. I hope he's healthy because I think he could be a special talent. I just don't think he has the physique of LeBron right now or, like, the, the raw power. Mm-hmm. But his, his game is kind of a, a more finesse LeBron. And, you know, unfortunately, he still needs to develop that outside shot. Yeah, he shoots. He shoots with like the wrong hand. I read some article. It was crazy. Yeah, no, I think he like throws a football or stuff. Like he does yeah. everything with his right hand, but shoots basketball with lefty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't understand like why he wouldn't try doing what Tristan Thompson did. What's up with the Sixers hands? and their shooting coaches? Yeah, should be fired, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, thank you guys for tuning in for this installment of the Shootaround. This is our first episode on Apple Podcasts. So uh, 
hopefully we'll see you here see you here for many more episodes to come thanks guys